You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 626 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Monday, September the 16th, and that means two weeks from today, we'll be talking about uh, Hawk stuff in the present tense because that is when media day arrives, and then immediately following that, it'll be training camp. So we're, we're two weeks away, and to sort of look ahead a little bit, but uh, more, mostly just have some fun on this fine Monday as uh, the great Tower Jones is here. What's up, man? Nothing much. Nothing much. I I finally beat Fire Emblem Three Houses that took <laughs> Well over, well, the game says I played for over a hundred hours, but it wasn't that long. It's I don't want to I don't want to get in, but it was it was probably like eighty plus hours. Fun game. Uh, if you got a switch, I'd highly recommend buying it because that will eat up your time. If you have time to waste or you want to have a good time playing a video game, go get that. But uh, outside of that, you know, I'm just grinding up here in Memphis, working, uh, not having too much fun, but. It is what it is. Yeah, I, um, you know, that's a, a very, a very strong start to a mid-September podcast when we don't have that much to talk about. <laughs> um, but uh, you, um, it's actually, I'm not sure if you asked me or asked how, how this, how this worked. The, the emphasis for coming on the podcast today is not really even Hawks related. I guess, I guess, it sort of is because. Uh, oh, I guys. definitely asked on to, to have this. Yeah, I think you did, and that's fine. Um, and I, I, you're always welcome. So that that was fine. Uh, our only real agenda item, and I, I guess we have to talk about a little bit of Hawks. Um, yeah, let's start. Let's start with the Hawks first, and then I'll we'll end with what's coming is going to be some Team USA discussion, and that's some tangential Hawks stuff because we we you and I both thought that there there, there probably should have been uh, two Hawks at least in the mix to be there that weren't there. Um, but we'll save that for the end. Uh, the one actual semi-news item for the last couple of weeks in Hawksland is that Cam Reddish has not been cleared just yet. We've talked about that a little bit on the podcast, but I haven't touched it, um, at least in the most recent update that came from Chris Kirchner of The Athletic. Uh, he talked to Cam's dad and, in an article and also talked to a doctor. Uh, crucial to point out that doctor is not Cam Reddish's doctor, so there's some projection there. Um, but, you know, some good news in the fact that there's some optimism and you know that cam was battling injury last year his dad kind of confirmed that we kind of knew that but at the same time it's worth talking about and i guess the, the the downside is that he's not yet cleared to this point i know he's been doing some stuff he's not totally you know inactive at this point in time but still no full clearance for cam reddish which is in a worry spot but with train camp two weeks away uh, in that in that piece chris did note that Cam is expected to be around for training camp, but that's only two weeks from now. So we're cutting a little bit close here. I know you and I have talked about this offline a little bit. What, what, what was your reaction to both the fact that he's not cleared yet? Does that worry you at all? And then also any thoughts on that piece that uh, came out with some uh, insight on that? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing I took away is that it, it seems like this oblique injury might've been an overwork issue. Um, uh, like Kirshner had written an earlier piece because many people had questioned Cam Reddish's passion for the game. Uh, you know, this was during the draft time, and one of the one of the uh, stories he told was when Cam Reddish came from, funny enough, Team USA uh, under probably under eighteen or under seventeen or something. He came back from there uh, to go play a cup in, in an AAU tournament. He had one of his best games where he dropped 47, but like he literally got off the plane from Egypt uh, to Atlanta and played that day. And, you know, knowing what we know now, that's not fairly healthy. You know, that's not something anybody should advise a young basketball player to do. Cause you just like Egypt is a long way away from America. People. I imagine that flight was an all nighter. Um, I can confirm over, that's a very long flight to you. It's very probably well over 12 hours. Um, so it's like, it, you know, there's, he didn't really have anything to prove, even though he did, again, he had his best game. He had one of his best games of his, you know, amateur career. But, uh, you know, it just kind of spoke to somebody who maybe needed to take it easy. And that's kind of what I gleaned from, you know, this piece, talking to, just talking to an expert in the field. 
uh, where he more or less said that, you know, if they haven't cleared him, uh, you know, he's probably not 100 percent. And, you know, they, they want him to be completely 100 percent pain free and they want him to take it easy. You know, since there's no rush, there's no games coming up. You know, that was another thing is like because there's not it's not during the season. Like they can take as long as they like, like the four, you know, that that's, you know, four to eight weeks. That's just the or however long it was supposed to be. That's just the average. You know, it can go over and it's been over about two months now, probably closer to three um, that he hasn't been completely cleared. But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be concerned until he starts missing NBA games because of it. Uh, that's probably when I'd be concerned that maybe something is up. But even then, like if he's that hurt. You know, he's on a rookie contract. Like, that's that's the thing. When you're a rookie, your first year, you're typically – and he's – you know, the Hawks are in a position where they drafted somebody. They got a lot of depth at his position in particular. Like, the Hawks don't need him to play. And so, like, I'm not really concerned unless this is going to be a reoccurring issue throughout his tenure of his rookie contract that truly hampers him. But as of right now, he hasn't missed any real games. He hasn't even missed preseason. Training camp's not till another – two weeks or so so we'll we'll see what they say at media day because I, I imagine they got to update you guys then yeah i mean and that, that's the first time that the hawks actually have to give any sort of anything about cam reddish everything else at this point in time is sourced material which which i believe um and i've been poking around a little bit on that but there's no reason for the hawks to confirm anything right now and it's all uh, it's the summer guys are in town at this point um, but they don't have they don't have to be in town just yet so not everybody's here there's definitely guys playing together at the facility and uh, i work down the street from where the hawks practice so i'm often in that area and try to poke around a little bit but yeah, it's kind of you're operating in the shadows at this point in time because we're not quite there yet. Um, you know, it's worth noting that, you know, Cam did have a bunch of injuries that we, you know, some that we knew about, some, some that we didn't know about last year at Duke. I'm a little bit skeptical. There was, you know, after this piece, and I, I totally get it, um, but after this piece, there was a little bit of a reaction from Hawks fans that basically wanted to put all of his struggles at Duke on injury. Um, I'm not ready to do that. Um, it's possible, certainly, that he was hampered. It seems like he was to a certain degree, but that that's different than saying, you know, the only reason why he struggled at Duke was was because he was injured. I'm not willing to say that because we just haven't seen it. Is that again? That, that's very possible that Cam is just a better athlete than, than he showed at Duke. The, yeah, I mean, the only thing I will say is like his play didn't line up with what he did. Yeah, I mean, it it does it does you know, make sense because I mean, especially especially the, the finishing, the, like the finishing yeah, stuff, the, is is, is exactly. my number one thing that I would circle exactly. on that because of the fact that. You know, think about it. If you have a core muscle injury, you can't really extend. You're not exploding in the way that you normally would. You don't want to. You, you don't. You don't really want um, to invite contact. So, yes, I, I'm willing to. I totally understand, and you can certainly see why. Especially the finishing issue, which was probably the number one concern from his from his college season. That you know, it's very explainable if he was battling that injury all season long. I just. You know, there, there's there's sort of degrees to it where it's like, oh, this is probably a good thing, all things considered, if he was hampered because that would explain some of it, versus the people that want to say, you know, that's the only reason. That's where I can't get to. I can't go. I can't go to. Well, Cam would have been awesome if we if he wasn't hurt. I, I can't jump all the way to that. I, I do think though, it's good news. As, as weird as that sounds, it's good news that he was hurt because you know, at, at the worst case. You know, I, I think he probably would have been a little bit better if he wasn't hurt. Um, I, that's that's you're still you're still sort of assuming things, but I think it's it's all it's all upside provided, as you said, that this is not a long term issue. And you know, the night of the draft, and every time I've asked since then, there's been no indication that this, that there's any long term concerns. There was the one report on draft night that was sort of lingering out there about you know Cam having some injury red flags, but the Hawks kind of quickly denounced that both on and off the record. So it wasn't like a a cursory one either. It was a, a pretty forceful. You know they're not worried about his injuries at all. So if you, if you believe that, and I do, there's no reason not that I wouldn't. You know, it's not a bad thing that he's that he was battling injuries because that can that could sort of explain some of his uh, issues at the college level. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's it's difficult. We don't we don't know what was going on at Duke at the time. All all I can evaluate him at the end of the day was his play, and it was. I mean, a lot of his struggles were bizarre in that. Yes. <laughs> it felt like he couldn't get like he he struggled he like it was just too easy to take the ball from him he couldn't really dribble by anybody he wasn't like in high school he was more or less a point forward and he really couldn't run the offense for Duke they had to I mean 
he was basically playing in the best role that he could play at the time because he, he couldn't really dribble, even though, you know, coming into the season, that was one of his strengths as a playmaker, as a dribbler. Uh, and he, he just, like, I don't know, it just felt it felt off. It felt like, you know, maybe they overhyped him or something. But, it, you know, and then, you know, it, it just, like, to me, like, just the amount of time that he's already missed during the summer. He basically hasn't been cleared to play basketball for the entirety of the summer uh, since surgery. Tells me that there might have been this, you know, whatever injury that he had. Uh, you know, he had surgery and that, to me, maybe they feel like they found some other stuff that they want to clear up. Uh, that might not be, like, he might have ha- had another injury that maybe they're resting him up for. He did have a knee. He did have some type of knee sprain in college, so maybe that was can't flare back up too. And so you know, it's a multitude of things. But like to me, the only thing I took away from the story is that you know it's possible that he's one of these kids that you know played too much basketball growing up, and and we see that a lot with a lot of. But uh, most most kids now, basically, any 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 top tier guy that's been a top tier guy for as long as Cam Reddish was, he he was a big deal at the high school level, dating back. Long before that, you know, people have sort of, I think, remember this now that, that he's a Hawks guy, but he had the famous uh, lunch with LeBron and Rich Paul that got him that got him in some heat when he was a junior in high school. It goes back for a long way. Like he played a lot of basketball. That's just how, that's just the way yeah, this stuff works. And, and, yeah, when you're like a blue chipper like that, you, I don't. It's a it's a lot more going on in the amateur uh, amateur athletics. Uh, a lot of the blue chippers are kind of playing themselves to exhaustion in order to get that exposure um, to set themselves up for the future once they go pro. So there's, I mean, you know, there might be something where his body in particular probably couldn't deal with that level of strain and maybe the Hawks are being proactive in that regard. A lot of it is just speculation, but to me, um, it like the, but the particular core muscle injury that he had and like, it kind of explains some of the play. It doesn't explain all of it. Again, there, it was a bizarre situation that he was playing in. Duke had no space and yada yada. We've talked about that numerous times, but yes, you know, we'll see. We'll see how he looks when he comes back. That, that for that, sure. Ultimately, that's that's the only thing we can do. The rest is just reckless speculation on our part. Absolutely. Um, that's this whole uh, the whole discussion around Cam Reddish right now is speculation, but I'm hoping and, you know, again, it was reported by, by Chris Kirshner that he's on track to play in training camp and, you know, I have nothing to refute that, so hopefully that's going to be happening and I look forward to uh, just seeing what the party line is as well in two weeks from now because he's, he's going to be talking and as is Lloyd Pierce. So we'll see what they have to say about his progress. And, you know, I would just caution against expectations a little bit for his rookie season based on this. You know, we saw it with Kevin Herter, too. He got to a slow start. Lloyd Pierce made fun of him even after the season was over about how bad he was in training camp because he just, he just didn't play basketball all summer. And that, that'll be the same thing with Cam Reddish. It's just, he's going to be behind the eight ball. There's nothing wrong with that. He's a rookie. He's super talented. And, uh, you know, he, he just might struggle early on. But that's kind of – it's just fine. He's, he's, he's a young rookie, too. Like, it's not going to be a problem if he's not great right away. Uh, it's just – and that's really the only takeaway for me, like on the court right now, is that I'm, I'm just keeping expectations low for what he's gonna look like in October because I just can't imagine him not playing basketball for six months because you know they got done. I mean, he played. I guess he got hurt in like April of NBA draft workout, so maybe five months, close to six months by the time he's actually playing, not playing at all for that long essentially, and then you know jumping into an NBA arena, it's gonna be a little bit tough, but that, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, he's young, his rookie season, considering that the Hawks already drafted somebody who's probably going to be playing ahead of him, isn't that important to me. It'd be nice if he plays, but, I, you know, I'm not, I'm again, like I said before, I'm not worried until, you know, it's December and, you know, he hasn't shown any positive signs as to potentially being a good NBA player that he could be, uh, but... Uh, we'll see. Absolutely. All right. That's that fulfills our uh, our Hawks quota for now. And uh, if we get into a Hawks discussion later, we certainly can keep going on that. But all right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll come back with uh, a good old fashioned rant from Tyler. I have a feeling. So stay tuned for that. All right, Tyler. Uh, the real reason you're here, and you've admitted earlier on the podcast that you wanted that you asked to come on the podcast, is that uh, Team USA flamed out in spectacular fashion. 
And uh, you put on quite a show on Twitter a few different times. I really enjoyed that. You and I talked about this both on and offline about Team USA and the whole roster process and how it didn't necessarily work. And some of that stuff is, uh, you know, ground that's been covered. But uh, I'm just gonna let, I'm just gonna sort of clear the way for you on this one. Run like the one four offense, and you can. I mean, do nah, you, you don't you don't you don't need to clear. You don't need to clear. I, I, I do need. <laughs> I, I'm going to need some help a little bit. But I'm I'm currently looking at this roster at the moment, and I'm just looking. There's one, two, three, four, four guys who are 23 and under on this team. Not, uh, not, not Brown, ideal, I would say. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, Miles Turner, and Jason Tatum. The rest are all 25 and up, including Derek White, who is 25 years old already. Uh, man, it's better than Trey Young. But I, all right, I, I'll let that one go. But um. <laughs> Like, this was entirely predictable, but but not for the reasons everybody's explaining. Like, U.S. Team USA struggling. Like, at the end of the day, they couldn't score. And, like, they couldn't score in the half court. And when games get tight and you can't score in the half court, you have to rely on your defense. And, you know, at some point, certain teams are just going to shoot the, the lights out regardless of how well you're defending them or not. Uh, so that's... That's why they, they finished seventh. Uh, why they were the most talented team, uh, you know, at the World Cup, they probably were the worst constructed team of all the teams that expected to medal. Like, you look at this roster, there's not a single big man that can roll to the rim. Not a single one. But your lead guards are Kimball Walker and Donovan Mitchell, who need a rim-rolling big man, not a floor spacer. Like, th- that right there is a the difference. Like, if, if if you want to encapsulate like what what went wrong, it's not that they you know the, you know not having the superstars, fine you, you don't get them. This is Team USA. Like the the majority of NBA basketball players are from America. You they can still had they still had more talent. Like just actual raw talent, they still had the most talent. It wasn't like they didn't have the yeah, most talent. Yeah, but they didn't fit with the. No, I agree. Where, That's what I'm saying. It where, didn't make any sense. They they still had the talent. It just didn't make you know construction I mean, construction wise. It made no sense. I like you had Kimball Walker trying to run one five pick and rolls with Brooke Lopez. That's not going to work. Brooke Lopez is not a roll. He doesn't roll to the rim. He's never done that. He's I mean, their their only power their only power forward on the roster was Harrison Barnes. Like in, 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 in addition to not having any pick pick and roll centers, I, which I totally agree with, their best pick and roll center was probably Miles Turner, and that's not really his game. He can sort of do it a little bit, but Brooke Lopez is obviously a pick and pop guy. You know. Mason Plumley is not a thing. Um, there's just, you know, they had bodies, but literally they, they went into a tournament with Harrison Barnes as their only power forward on the team. Harrison, yes, they, like, Harry, they, Harry, and they, they, I mean, they had guys that can play. I mean, I guess Jason Tatum could play there. I guess Jalen Brock could play there if you wanted to. But, like, they, they, they literally went in and said, all right, our starting power forward is Harrison Barnes. Our backup power forward is, I don't know, Shrug? Like, it, it didn't make any... Sent. I mean, and people like it's it's funny because people 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 keep pointing to like Joe Harris is the problem. Like, oh, Joe Harris is on this team; it can't be good. It's like Joe Harris was awesome. <laughs> yeah, they Joe no... Harris was one of the better. You know why Joe Harris was good? Because he can shoot. He fit his role perfectly. Right. He can shoot. It doesn't matter, and his defense wasn't a problem. Why? Nope. Because it's Team USA. You have the best defenders in the world. <laughs> you, all these other teams can't compete with America's athleticism. Even with this rand shamboggle of a roster, you still had by far the best defenders in the world playing for Team USA. It's not even particularly close. And so you can get away with playing a Joe Harris, you know, 20 plus minutes a game because it's just one guy. And, you know, Serbia doesn't have four NBA, five NBA players on their roster. They got maybe, you know, they can't put them all. If they do have them, they can't put them all on the floor at the same time. You know, France can't do that. Uh, only only the United States and possibly Spain could put five NBA caliber players on the floor at once, and so like this idea, I don't know. We we got it. We got. I want to stay on task first. Let, let's start. Let's start with Harrison Barnes. I'm glad. My, you brought my, my my apologies, but the, that's the one that's been bothering me the most. It's just like I, I can't imagine how you looked at this roster and like can try try to think about this. I, I, Harrison Barnes, I, I don't have a huge problem with Harrison Barnes as a player. I think he can actually be hated on a little bit too much at times. But if he's your only power forward option on the roster for Team USA in the World Cup, like what are we doing? 
I don't, I don't right. get it. He might have been the only power forward, but apparently he was the best center because that that's the lineup Pop would go to when. Well, he and that's did. what I mean, and that's honestly that kind of translates because you know, oh. one of the things that Team USA has done so much in this run the last decade or so is when they play small, they just kill teams. But if he's your only power forward, you can't play small. Like you can't, you can't play small. I mean, you can, but it's you're, you're not getting anything. You can't play you're defense. I mean, you can't exactly. guard anybody. You're not getting the, you're not getting the size, length, and athleticism that you typically get from, you know, that small ball five that, you know, Team USA could have had if they brought on somebody like say, I'm, I'm not even gonna bring up Hawks. You know what? I, I, I rail on this dude all the time. Jonathan Isaac could have, would have been great for this Team USA. Aaron Gordon would have been great for Team USA. Both vastly superior basketball players at this point in their career than Harrison Barnes. At the particularly at the four and five spot, they didn't like Harrison Barnes doesn't bring enough to the table for him to be on this roster and to be a staple. Like he's getting consistent minutes. Harrison Barnes, there are so many. There was virtually every four and five that tried out Team USA at the select team and for the and for the big boy team that you know uh, they were virtually all better than Harrison Barnes for him to be a mainstay in the lineup. Is terrible. Like he's 27 years old. I know he's been he's been on the select team for a billion years because you know he wants that shine still. Even though like it it didn't pan out for his career that he turned into a superstar. Yeah, like he he he's was an OG fine, Team USA guy. He's been playing Team USA since he was like 15. Like it's been yeah, he's, he's been around fine, forever. He's a fine role player, but he had no business being on this roster. Same with I mean Mason Plumlee goes without goes without saying that's like, the one that every that's the one everyone agrees choosing, on. It's like what are we what are we doing here? <laughs> like. I mean, John. I mean, it's it's clownish that John Collins is not on this roster. Uh, Team USA struggled mightily to dunk the basketball in a tournament. Like that's they had no athletes. Like they had big man, no big man athletes. athletes. None. They had nobody who could finish at the rim. I, we said this. I said it like right from the beginning of the tournament. I was like, this team is going to struggle to score. They bring in a bunch of overrated shooters, like overrated shooters who can't uh, who can't score at the rim consistently. And who are, you know, good defenders, but they're not great outside of Marcus Smart, Brooke Lopez. When he, you know, when he yeah, I mean, Miles Turner is a good defender, but he Miles wasn't Turner. great at all. Yeah. Like he struggled. Yeah, I mean, Miles. Yeah, but you know, it's like, I don't blame Miles Turner. He's playing. No, I don't either. No, I don't. I don't either. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't blame him at all. I just think he's the only. You're right, Marcus Smart. I think Marcus Smart and Miles Turner are the only guys on that roster that you would you would just look at the roster and say those guys are top flight defenders. And I that's mean, it. Oh, and Derek, Derek White, Derek White, Derek White. I mean, he's he's a, he's a good defender. I mean, I, I know Tam's a good defender. He's not. I think he's a little bit overrated at times defensively, but he's a good defender. I think Jalen Brown's pretty solid on defense, but they're not game changing defenders. Well, I put uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I I was trying to pump Derek White up a bit more because apparently his his spot on this team was more secure than De'Aaron Fox, and like <laughs> not having De'Aaron Fox on this roster, it was bad. Is actually a disgrace. Because you look at the season he had last year, he was kind of better than Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you know, you can make an argument he's better than Donovan Mitchell, considering the fact that while Don- Donovan Mitchell relies way too much on, like, if his pull-up three's not going down, like, he's just, he's he's not the athlete that Darren Fox was. If, they, if this team had Darren Fox, Brooke Lopez probably would have been a lot better. Miles Turner would have been a lot better. Because those are the type of bigs that, that can you know Darren Fox his ability to get into the teeth of the defense and then kick it out to shooters that's something this team didn't have like Kimball Walker took way too much flag during the France game where uh Frank Nilakina was just out allowed to lock him up because he I mean he had nobody who could set who could set a screen and then dive to the roof to the rim to take occupy Rudy Gobert so like you know you nullify Kimball Walker's greatest asset which is his pick and roll ability without having that pick and roll big man because apparently Team USA only thinks bigs that can catch and shoot three pointers are the only bigs allowed to be on this roster, except for Mason Plumley, who was there for nepotism reasons. Coach K doesn't coach his team anymore. Um, I, I, I mean, like <laughs> just not have just not having like I, I'm not being ridiculous when I say if they had John Collins, they would have been fine. Like no, they would have at least meddled. 
I think I think I think people are gonna people are gonna listen to this. I, I guess maybe not. Hawks fans will agree with us. I guess, <laughs> but you know, people I think know me well enough to know I'm I'm not gonna just put the cape on for the Hawks guys. Um, and I, I literally wrote when they're picking the team that Trey and John should be on the team. I I have less of a problem with Trey not being there because of the guys they had. You know, you you can't say no to Kemba Walker. I understand that. Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I I would have taken Trey over Derek White, but I. I I thought Fox, like you said, was probably the more egregious omission. Fox would have made even more sense. Um, but Collins, you know, Col- being, given the fact that Collins was there and wanted I mean, to go, Col- like Collins got cut for Marvin Bagley, and it's which like, is, which is, I mean, which, whatever. Marvin Bagley is, I think, I think it's pretty clear Collins is better than Marvin Bagley right now. But at least they could have kept Marvin Bagley, and they didn't. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. I'm like, okay, fine. You you, you cut him for Bagley probably for whatever reasons. I don't Duke, care. Duke reasons. But then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Nike reasons. But then you you don't bring Bagley along either because you lost De'Aaron Fox because you were going to play De'Aaron. Like Derek White was just, I guess that that's the that's the blood signature Pop needed in order to coach this team that he had to have somebody from the Spurs, and so it ended up being Derek White, who again is a fine basketball player, but like, come on, this team needed dynamic play on offense in order to succeed consistently. And like, like De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley would have been a major boost to what this team needed, which is athleticism. They had none. Like, like team USA would have been better off just taking the, the U S you know, the U S team from the all-star game. Like that, that, that roster would have been fine. I don't know this. I mean, I don't know. It, it just goes to the fact that Colangelo, whoever picks these rosters, doesn't know how to evaluate NBA talent. Like Kyle Kuzma was apparently going to go if he didn't suffer an actual ankle injury, not one of these fake injuries. That's what those those are Jerry Colangelo's own words, and it's like you don't get it. You don't get it. Like Kyle Kuzma to play small ball five. Did you not watch the Lakers last season? They were utter disaster every time Kuzma played five. You, you can't. You can't enough. take. He's you, not an athlete. <laughs> He can't rebound. What the, what the f? Like I'm, like John, John Collins can shoot. Like what? I was like, I, I don't understand why Collins is not on this team. And not only that, I don't understand why he has no chance. Like he, but it was clear from from like day one that they showed up. John Collins had no chance to make it to the national team, regardless of who all dropped out, regardless of anything. Like it, that's that's utterly absurd. John Collins had one of the best. John Collins put up 19-09 and 63% true shooting percentage in the MB freaking A. What you think some Euro bigs are gonna stop him? Like this what Brad, Brad, did they did they think John Collins' game wouldn't translate to FIBA play where you know offensive rebounds are probably even more valuable? Are you kidding me? The one of the best offensive rebounders in the NBA? <sighs> I don't know, man. They, no, I mean it was. Yes. I, I'm with you on this 100. percent I wrote it. I've said it, and, and I think it didn't have to be Collins, but the fact that he was there, it makes you, it makes you crazier because he 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 would have made so much sense with what this team didn't have, and you know it's not just Harrison Barnes. It's not his fault that he was there. It's just that you know I'm blaming him. I mean, I mean that's you, my you boy. Could, you, that's, it's just that's my boy. That's my boy. He went to North Carolina. My sister went to his wedding. I kind of know him. He's a cool guy. I don't actually know him. My sister does, but I'll just say that. But uh, he shouldn't have been on Team USA. Like you can't have Harrison Barnes representing the best basketball players in America. Like that's come on now. Like he's been rewarded enough with the money he's gotten from the Sacramento Kings and the Dallas Mavericks and whoever else wants to pay him some more money after this contract ends. He didn't have to. I don't know why he got rewarded with this chance to lose at the national stage and i don't know should we talk about colangelo or pop yeah i mean some of the some of the comments after we could set it up a little bit the the colangelo stuff got a lot of heat i think pop got a pass and i'm sure you're you're about to talk about that um but colangelo just sounded like you know out of touch guy um i don't know if you have the comments in front of you um, the, the one, the one that got the most attention was um, Colangelo saying that you quote can't help but notice and remember who you thought was going to be there and go to war with and who didn't show up end quote. Um, right. I, I guess I mean, for me, that's them 
abdicating responsibility. Like, yeah, it would have been, it would have been nice if they had all the guys. Like we, we all know that it's been litigated forever. Like, yeah, if they would have had LeBron, uh, if they would have had all their guys, it would have been better, but they still, that, that for me, that does not, uh, that does not take away the responsibility to build a coherent roster. And, you know, yeah, they, they threw the people like me that argue that this team should have role players on it. They threw us a bone by taking Joe Harris and that's cool, but they, they, didn't have to not make any sense with the rest of the with the rest of the roster, um, so that's that was that. Um, what did you, before, before we get, before we get to pop, what what did you make of Colangelo and his like sort of um, pass the buck thing? That's kind of how I would describe it: is that he didn't want to take a whole lot of responsibility. I mean, it's it's absurd. He should be fired. I mean, he, he should have been been fired a while ago. Like like pass pass this on to somebody who's young or you know some. Somebody who even runs the under 19s or the under 18s that don't lose basketball games. You understand that our under teams don't lose. Like Ever. When they do lose, it's it's a big deal. Like, yep. You know them losing to RJ Barrett was a huge deal. Uh, oh, that that got that got that got RJ like months of extra coverage and w- warrantedly so. Like he was awesome in that game. I watched. I actually watched not, not live, but I watched it after the fact. He was awesome. But you're right. That that became a huge story, and it wasn't just because it was Canada. It was because that team from the u.s lost and they never lose yeah we don't lose international tournaments men or women we typically have the highest point differential by a wide margin because we're the best basketball nation in the world it's not close it's still not even close and you could have put a team out there you you had it like based on the pool of players who did try out who did show up that you didn't give a chance like to me it like you look at this roster it felt like you picked from a bunch of guys who made the playoffs? It. I'm. Let me look at the, and and Harrison Barnes. I'm saying Harrison Barnes. <laughs> yeah, he picked everybody on this team went to the playoffs, and funny enough, most of them went to the Eastern Conference playoffs. Which, I mean, just just truly remarkable understanding of what's going on in the NBA. Like you pick four Celtics, which you know ultimately I'm like whatever they want to go, fine. Well, and honestly, you know, like. The Celtics guys, I know. I, I mean, I know Hawks fans don't know like the Celtics. They got a lot of flag. They got a lot of flag. They were fine. They- and, and I was gonna say they, they really weren't the problem. Like if you look at those four guys, you could make a case for all four of them. You know, Kemba was the face of the team. You know, best, if maybe not the best player, but close to the best player, if not the best player. Like he, he's he's supposed to be there. I, I totally get that. Marcus Smart, we, we discussed earlier. He's a specialist, but he makes a lot of sense because he can fly around and just be a physical presence and make and make plays defensively. And the two young forwards. Like they weren't necessarily great in the tournament, but I have no huge beef with either of them being on this team. So it really wasn't like the Celtics but thing. The beef, the beef would be is that you know those two young guys aren't you know they're being locks while oh no other I agree with that guys who they play be on teams no. that aren't that they like like to me it felt like John Collins flat like John Collins got flat out rejected because John he Collins on the is, Hawks. well I'll say it just I mean John Collins is better. Than both of the young guys from the Celtics, he just well, is. yeah, but you know, no, you wouldn't that 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 wouldn't pull think, well. I'm sure nationally, I'm, I'm sure when compared to Tatum, that would not pull well. But John Collins is better than Jason Tatum right now. I, I'm I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not you know you know I'm not a flag waving guy. Um, and I'm probably lower on Tatum than most people are. But still, like that's not controversial. He's definitely better than J, than Jalen Brown. You can't even make the argument but, Jalen Brown. But but my, my 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 bigger point is not that you know those guys were on the team. You're right. Like, I, I have no problem with them being on the Ultimately, I, I really didn't have a problem with them being on the team. My problem was that young guys from teams, you know, that weren't as successful, like, for Aaron Gordon not even to get a shot, you know, yeah, that's... he would have made a lot of sense. That's bad. That's bad. Yep. Like, Aaron Gordon's kind of a proven vet in this league now. He's still young. And the Magic were really good last season. He was really... Like, he had a solid season. Again, I don't think he's particularly better... Like... I don't think he's better than John Collins either. They, he's you not. know, but he had a <laughs> he had a good season for him. What Aaron Gordon did last year, and he provides. He's a very good defender, and, and he's just a better functional basketball player than Harrison Barnes. Thaddeus Young wanted to be on this team. He had no shot. A proven vet. Thad really Young good. as a small should've ball five would have made a ton of sense. He should have been all defense uh, for the Pacers last season. You can make a case he, you know. He plus Miles Turner is why the Pacers were a great defense. Um, and so, you know, that young who tried out, you know, was there for six days, didn't even get a shot. I'm like, that's 
but but Mason Plumley is just a mainstay. Like why? You you bring Mason Plumley, then all of a sudden when you need a big against Rudy Gobert, you can't play him. You go into Harrison Barnes. Yeah, because Miles Turner Miles Turner is a bad matchup for him. Miles Turner struggles with defensive rebounds. Like the argument that I heard no about the argument that I heard about Plumley, and I'm not sure if this got written or if I just heard it through back channels, um, was that they basically know that the twelfth guy isn't going to play and he's okay not playing. And it's like that's not a real reason. Like that that doesn't that, that's not a reason good enough to waste a roster spot in a twelve person tournament. Because as we saw, they had an injury or two, and you can't replace those guys. You don't have anybody else. You have twelve guys. If you get an injury or two, you ha- you suddenly have ten. And if one of those ten is Mason Plumlee, you don't want to play. That's not smart. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. And I know it's we're probably overblowing it a little bit in terms of impact, but it just doesn't. It's nonsensical. He's he's like an average NBA player. He's not even a starter in the NBA. If you if you're not a, if you're not a, if you're not an NBA starter, like and you're clearly not an NBA starter, why are you on Team USA? That doesn't make any sense. It's as simple as like that. There, honestly, there, there are there were a multitude of young guys who'd be willing to be in that 12 spot. John like, Collins would have gone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like. It's just it's dumb. I mean, I'm I'm only doing the Collins thing because this is and, a Hawks podcast. No, but you're I right. Mean, we're it's... going we're going with Collins because like he would have been easy offense. The biggest struggle this team had was finishing around the rim. John Collins one of the best finishers in the NBA today at his age, and he would have provided offensive rebounding. He plays with force. Would have provided athleticism, some force. What they need, like they this team had no real physicality outside of Marcus Smart. Like you just, I don't. You know, and then I, I love, you know, um, Draft Express talking about they need to bring some non-NBA player because the game is different. No, <laughs> that was dumb. no, they just need to bring good basketball players that fit a system. Like, yeah. you can't have Kimball Walker be your mainstay guy and not have what he needs most, which is a rolling big man. Like, you, you can't do that to him. You can't do that to Donovan Mitchell. Like, Donovan Mitchell needs a guy with gravity around the rim so that he can get cleaner looks. Like, that's just it's that's honestly, the way those guys play basketball. Yeah, it's it's honestly jarring to see how poorly they constructed the roster because I think you said this earlier, but the only guy that is a, was a truly plus-plus shooter on this team was Joe Harris. Like, they have guys who can shoot. Obviously, Chris Middleton can shoot it. There are guys on this team that can shoot. But to, to actually do a combination of not athletic enough – not good enough on defense and not enough shooting. How, how do you do all three of those things? Like I don't understand how you have how, how how you literally put a roster together with those. You have the entire I guess not the entire league. Maybe take take the top top guys away. But if you have the basically the whole league at your disposal, and you build a roster that couldn't get stops, couldn't play physical, wasn't super athletic, and couldn't shoot well enough. Like how do you do all of those things on the same roster? It didn't make I mean, any sense. They- they tried to get J.J. Redick. I think he said no. Um, I mean, to me, after that, I would have just gone straight to the next white guy. Uh, take Kevin Herter there. Uh, you know he can make an open jumper. Or, you know, take Trey Young. But I don't know. I guess Trey, Trey Young is just that bad at defense that some some Euroleaguer was just going to eat him up. Like I mean, just take just Kimmel take Walker. the Aaron, just take the Aaron Fox. It's not it, it doesn't have to be a Trey Young. I mean, Trey would have been fine. I, I thought again. I, I wrote Trey should have been there. This, I again, this team had no passing. Uh, right, he would have been Aaron the best Fox passer on the Trae team Young by far. Would have been, <laughs> been the playmakers that this team needed. Like you, you look at the weaknesses of this team. Like you know, Trey would have helped a lot. De'Aaron Fox would have helped a lot. Marvin Bagley, even though again, like him having a. Whatever. I, I guess he really showed out in training camp, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a quote now since we've already sort of moved into this way. I'm gonna read you a quote from uh, Greg Popovich that you're gonna get mad about. Uh, here, here's the quote from Pop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish it off and let you react to it. Uh, Some people want to play the blame game. There's no blame. There's no blame to be placed anywhere. They want to play the shame game, like we should be ashamed that we didn't win a gold medal. That's a ridiculous attitude. It's immature. It's arrogant. And it shows that whoever thinks that doesn't respect all the other teams in the world. Doesn't respect that these guys did the best that they could. And I don't. Quote. I don't respect other teams in the world. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. Should I? What? What? I'm. I'm supposed to be nervous about Ricky Rubio and Marcus Hall at 34 years old now? Are you kidding me? It, Rudy Gobert and a bunch of jokers like Evan Fournier lighting me up. I'm. I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be frightened of that. Are you? Is he out of his mind? Like Popovich <laughs> has lost. Pop. <laughs> there was one tweet, so I put it out there. 
ever since Pop traded Kawhi from trash, like it's just been he's been on a retirement tour where he thinks he's smarter than like I Pop's an all-time great coach. I'm giving that. He's probably the greatest of all time, but yeah. th- that doesn't that does not mean that he did a good job here because he didn't. No. So it's not I mean, and, with, the, with the tools he had at his disposal, still should have won. They still should have won. Even with all my complaints, they still probably should have won. Pop should have figured out a way to get consistent offense around the rim. Like just easy offense, getting to the free throw line. That that shouldn't have been such a it shouldn't have been such a struggle for these guys to score the basketball. Like that's just but you know, the system he, he was trying to run this like they really should have just did ISO ball. Like to me, just go to Chris Middleton on the block, like get a mismatch, go to Chris Middleton and just let him go to work. What he does at the NBA level will work. Like he, they don't need to play the beautiful game. Just you know, even Brooke Lopez on the in the on the block, like in the post, like he's still a good post player. Like try that instead. Like do do something else because the pass and go offense that you want to run, you know, the beautiful game that wasn't going to work with the guys you had. Like the roster that you guys decided to bring couldn't play that way. Like these are not great passers. These aren't good decision makers. They're not good shooters. I mean, they're they're good shooters. They're not great shooters. Like they're not they're not the type of guys who can you know who will just make a make a three pointer automatically. They they got to be in a sort of rhythm. And with the with the amount of time that they have. That's just not going to happen. That camaraderie, camaraderie is just not going to come together for this particular team. Like, there's some things Pop could have done better, and for him to be like, "Yo, we got to respect these other teams." Like, no, we don't. They don't have the athleticism. They shouldn't have the athleticism to be able to compete. Like, and even with even with this. Sham of roster, thanks to Colangelo and, and Pop. Like I feel like Pop has some had some say on who can and cannot go. Oh, like, I, team, I am I'm very team, I'm very confident mir- Pop has some say. This team mirrors how the Spurs play: boring, no athleticism, uh, pass the ball nine times around. Even though the only good, the greatest shot we can get is Lamarcus Aldridge fadeaway mid range jumper. It works somehow. Whatever, who cares? And play great defense. Like they play like Pop wanted them to play. That's just not how like. I don't know. You just you just shorten the margins when, when you're not going to particular strengths. Like they should have really emphasized Chris Middleton uh, ability to bully smaller guys. Um, you know, God, just get. I mean, I would even try Jalen Brown. Like I don't know, try Jalen Brown at center instead of Harrison Barnes. You know, at least you get a little <laughs> bit more athletic. I must say, he's more he's more athletic and more forceful probably than Harrison Barnes. So, <sighs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know, like Marietta's, Marietta's finest. I know, I know he's Wheeler's finest, but Wheeler, the city, we, the city of Marietta. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he went to Wheeler. He went to the wrong school, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Pop, like, it just, I mean, it just sounds addictive. Like, like uh, we should be arrogant. We're the, we we shouldn't lose a game ever in an international setting. Ever that shouldn't happen. Like. From the pool of players that could have been chosen, from the coaching, from all that, like everybody has blame, blame in this, and the players themselves, like players didn't play well. Um, I don't, I don't care that the ball's different. I don't care that the rules are different. Like, you're in the NB freaking A. Like, it's the best league in the world. It's not particularly close. Uh, figure it out. Dominate. Like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a terrible performance. You know, Pop should be embarrassed. Like. You're not. Gonna, I'm not about to feel. I'm not about to feel bad that they lost. I was rooting for them. At the end of the day, I was rooting for them to lose because I mean, it, it was a, the process of picking the team was poor. I don't have patriotism for you know a FIBA World Cup like the World Cup FIBA World Cup that means nothing to me. The only the only international tournament that ultimately matters is the Olympics. I, I mean, hope- it's it's. I almost said this earlier. I think I'm a little I'm a little bit less dismissive of everybody else than you are while still agreeing that you know if they just play if the USA plays a C plus game they they should beat anybody like honestly if they had lost in more respectable fashion like if somebody just kind of had like went crazy on them one game and just like had the game of their lives like Argentina back in the day did with with Manu and just like played this perfect basketball game and beat them 
I would have a little bit more sympathy, but that, that didn't happen. Like the U.S. just kind of beat themselves. And by the way, they lost twice. They should have lost, lost three times. Yeah, I mean. They should have lost the turkey. Like Ursan was lighting them up. Shouts to Ursan, by the way. International legend. Um, not quite Luis Scola, who is still doing Luis Scola things in 2019. That was incredible, by the way. I, uh, I'm weird and would wake up in the morning and just put it on and just watch whatever game was on before I went to work. So I watched a lot of FIBA World Cup stuff, um, non, non, non USA and just kind of enjoyed it. But yeah, I mean, there were, there were, there are teams that, yeah, I mean like there's a reason Serbia was considered to be like an actual threat. I, I still don't think that would have been a thing if the U S constructed their team the way that it should have been done but yeah they have some they have some players it wasn't like that was going to be a non-entity but that, that's this is still embarrassing like I, I disagree with pop pretty pretty vehemently like no one's trying to shame like at least for me i'm not trying to shame these players and just say say that they like didn't show up this is this is not a thing where at least I'm, i don't think it is to the point where these these players just did some terrible like no show and it was all their fault like I blame this. I blame the system. I blame Colangelo I mean, and Pop I more than the players. I personally blame Mason Plumley and Harrison <laughs> Barnes, but for being and there? Derek White and Derek White for being there. But you know, he Derek White is better than Trey Young, so I, I mean, I guess, I guess that makes sense. I guess he's also better than De'Aaron Fox. So yeah, you know. I mean, I, I can't, I can't even. Yeah, so we'll leave it there, I suppose, unless you have unless you have more <laughs> to say. But um, uh, no, you know. You know, in the Olympics, they're going to beat everybody by 30 points. And we're going to be like, what the hell happened in 2019? And we're I do want to, honestly, I would love to know right now today who is going to play in the Olympics. It would be really interesting to see who is like, all right, I'm ready to go and I'm gonna, I'm playing next summer. And I don't yeah. know who it's going to be, but. Hopefully they bring, you know, young guys. I think it did hurt that I think they were expecting Zion to be there, but. You know, Zion sneakily had to get back and play. I mean, yeah, they could have expected Zion, but at the same time, they they knew for a long while Zion Zion wasn't going to be there. Like that wasn't it wasn't like Zion was the last cut, and they were like, "Oh, we thought we were going to have Zion until two weeks before they left." That didn't happen. I mean, they they knew before training camp started who was and wasn't going to be there. I the, mean, la- they, the last had, the last cut was Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> the last cut on Team USA was Kyle Kuzma. That happened. That's real life. Um, and by the way, I am known as a Kyle Kuzma skeptic. He's better than Mason Plumley. Yeah, that know. is the nicest thing that I've ever said about Kyle Kuzma on this podcast. But uh, he's better than he's better than someone that was on the team. I mean, that's, he's the third star in, for the Lakers. Oh, so oh I, good, good, good that's God, expected. If you want me, if you want me to go into a Tyler Jones little rant, start talking about Kyle Kuzma as a as a superstar. I mean, that, that might get me. I there. mean, please, please go because I. It's, it's remarkable that I've done it. I've done it multiple times. Um, it's actually one of the things that um, people have Hawks fans have sort of liked about me recently, which is always few far between. Um, was that I was really early on the John Collins is a lot better than Kyle Guzma train. Um, I don't like, even know why that's even a train. Like that's not even like I. I do think that now people are starting to understand it nationally. But if you polled NBA fans six months ago. Kuzman would probably win like 80-20. Well, yeah, because again, he's nobody watched the Hawks. Yeah, he's, nobody watched the Hawks play. Yeah. No no one watches the Hawks and he's and Kuzma's just more famous and he's always he's very online as well. Kuzma is always very online. online. Um which is fine. And again, it's I almost feel bad because Kuzma was the twenty seventh pick in the draft and he's really exceeded expectations. And I feel bad like trashing him regularly, but it's because it's not his fault people like talk him up so much, but He's, people I mean, just it's relax. not it's not his fault that you know, Pop and Co wanted him on this team. <laughs> like I, I just don't understand the logic. You're like, okay, Trey Young, Trey Young is too young. He hasn't proven it at the NBA level. Fine. So then, why is why is Kyle Kuzma automatic? Why is Marvin Bagley one of the last cuts? Why is why is even Derek White like Derek White's only been in the league two years, right? Am, am I missing a year? Like, was it uh, you? You got all these young like Jason Tatum. He's proven like he's a proven commodity in the in the NBA. Like you took you took some young, you know, relatively young guys in this league uh, to to the tournament. Hopefully, to develop them for the for a future team. But you didn't 
you didn't take the best guys. Like that that's my thing. Like Trey Young had one of like Trey Young had a better stretch of basketball than you know any of the young guys chose on this on this roster uh beginning whenever I mean, the, January or the Derek the Derek the Derek White thing is the easiest way for everyone to understand that Pop had say in the roster. Because yeah. there's just there's just no way an objective person could be like, you know what? We're going to leave De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young at home and take Derek White. And I like Derek White. Like, I am very pro-Derek White in an NBA sense, but he's not He's not those guys. Like, let's, let's, he's let's a be good serious. player. <laughs> he's but, good. But this team needed playmakers. Like, they, the, the team had no playmakers. Like, Kimball Walker's... He's not a playmaker. And that's, if they didn't have Marcus Smart, it would have been, it would have made sense to have Derek White on the roster as like that exactly, weird exactly. defensive guard hybrid guy. But you already had Marcus Smart. You didn't need two of them. I don't know. I mean, that's that's where they chose. They need to have depth, not at you know <laughs> power not forward, at, not at the big power <laughs> forward or center. It's just like no, we're just going to bring a bunch of six, seven guys who are you know not you know they're not physical. But and I, I love Brooke floor. Lopez. I really like Brooke Lopez quite a bit. He he was a he was bad in the tournament, which is you know that's just reality. But he doesn't. He's not a like X factor international player because he plays he plays like everybody else does. Like he's huge and he can shoot, but that's all he can do. Like he's not going to beat you up. I know he can play in the post a little bit, but you're not going to just run ISO Brooke Lopez a whole lot in in FIBA because a lot of the teams that are good have those guys. Like they have Mark they have Marcus and they have. Nicole Jokic, like you can't just run Brook Lopez post ups against Marcus All. That's not that's not going to work. Um, yeah, and again, they did they didn't have they didn't have that penetrating guard that can get them those easy catch and shoot threes that he got from Milwaukee. Like Brook Lopez being on this team was really bizarre. Yeah, because you, you know it's just not it's like Brook. There's there's no way you're going to construct a roster where Brook Lopez is going to make sense on the floor. You could they could have chose anyone. Buy him out of bio. Was right there. He was right there. You could have just chose him. Like, you okay? I, like he, like I feel like every <laughs> every team. I imagine Magic he and Hawks fan were all pissed at you know their young guy not being chosen, and they should be because it's, they got picked by objectively worse basketball players, and what whatever. Um, hopefully going forward, maybe they'll learn their lesson for the World Cup and they will just send 23 and under Team USA teams. I mean, because those teams are probably good enough to win the tournament. Uh, not even probably. They probably will. I'm say, if, and, you sent your, if you sent your best, like if they, let, if they let you and me construct the best possible 23 and under team, it would win. It, it, yeah. it would certainly be the favorite to win. Because think about, think about who, is, who wasn't there that would be on that team. You know. Even if you Jaren don't Jackson, love, Jaren yeah, Jaren Jackson tried out. Jaren Jackson what, is a perfect what, international player. Yeah, why I mean, he get a shot. Like, I don't under. What's the point of bringing Brook Lopez when you got Jaren? You know, supposedly the next unicorn in the NBA, even though he can't grab a defensive rebound either. He cannot. Still, though, great. He's a good basketball player. Uh, Could have used him. Would have been another option. He probably probably a better shooter. He would have been. He. Probably, Honestly, he might have been the best shooter outside of Joe White, uh, Joe Harris on the team. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Uh, <laughs> it was fitting. Joe White, it. Joe White, funny enough, was uh, my football coach at Rose College. That's that's all I meant by that, people. Uh, but um, yeah, he probably he was probably been the second best shooter on the team. Um, he would have been perfect. Him brought him, brought De'Aaron Fox, brought Trey Young. Jonathan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon. Oh, like, wait, was it, wait. Not, did you say Jonathan Isaac? Your guy, Jonathan Isaac? Yeah, you didn't hear me at the beginning. I'm like, he would have been a perfect because he, he would have been able to play his position center. Oh, I'm I'm uh, with you on this. I love John I love John Isaac. You've come yeah, around. Yeah, I mean he would have he would have made some, uh, like that was one of the first guys I mentioned. I was like, I would have took him over Harrison Barnes because, you know, he's a playmaker on defense. Like all his offensive foibles aside, his defense is impeachable. And if you like, if you want to dominate at the, you know, at the feeble level, just bring a bunch of great athletes who can fly around, make plays around the rim, make plays in the passing lane, and just dunk everything with John Collins. Like they could have constructed a team 
from guys who were there at the training camp uh, and then brought, you know, Joe Harris along as well for, you know, additional shooting. Uh, and they would have won the tournament. Like, they would have won the tournament. They would have beat everybody by 15 points. They might have had a couple of tough games because they're still young. But the overall athleticism, size, skill would have just overwhelmed every other team in the tournament. And we wouldn't be having this conversation. But instead, they picked a hodgepodge of dudes who didn't make sense together. And they ran a system that didn't fit the roster. And this is what we get. A team that can't dunk. Team USA. We're known for dunking the basketball. Like, that. that's our staple compared to other, like, I don't know if people know this, but compared to other nations in the world, those basketball players don't dunk with the consistency that American basketball players do. Because we're just more athletic. Like, our teams are just bigger, stronger, and more athletic. And we don't build a roster that could, you know, exemplify their strengths. We didn't have the passion to unlock Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's athleticism, like that, that's a that's a misstep on the guys who were involved, and so they deserve the loss. Um, you know, Colangelo and Pop do deserve a lot of blame because they were again they could have constructed a roster that made sense. Instead, they because of all the guys who backed out, they decided to bring worse veterans instead of just going young. Like they, I don't know, Brad. To me, it just made no sense that. This roster made no sense. It made no sense of they had no direction. They had no idea what to do. Uh, they just like to me what it what Team USA is, is that the players decide they're going to show up and then Colangelo takes all the credit. Like it's it's utterly madness that people give him. They give Coach K all this credit. Like God, whatever. It's, whatever. Now 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 because they lost, Pop gets no blame. But if they would have won with this team, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> the love affair. The love affair basketball Twitter has with Pop, like it's it's absurd. He traded Kawhi Leonard for DeMar DeRozan and he got no flack for it at the time. It's unreal. That, that did happen. Unreal. It absolutely because happened. He didn't, want, he didn't want to trade him to the Lakers. Like and, and everybody's like, oh, but it's Pop, it's cool. Like, you know, they're gonna win. They're gonna they're gonna be in the playoffs and win games, but yeah, they're not they're they're a non entity. They're not going to the second round anytime soon. You know, they don't have the upper echelon talent that you need anymore since they traded Kawhi Leonard, who just won Toronto a championship. <laughs> Going to win the Clippers a championship. Ooh, I'm so ugh, so happy Kawhi stuck it to his haters, man. That's Maybe that's another rant for another day. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably probably a safe place to jump off. I don't know. We, we did we did 40 I mean, minutes on, on Locked on Hawks podcast. We did about 15 minutes on the Hawks and 40 on and Team USA, which is on brand for us. I mean, we could close it out by talking about <laughs> talking about Jabari Parker and Evan Turner. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I really don't. I think I'm. I think I'm going to save that for uh, for the preseason when we have nothing else to talk about. And uh, we're, the next time, I'm promising people this now. The next time you come on, we'll talk about actual basketball, like actual Hawks basketball Agreed. that hopefully will like be informed by at least preseason, like something we can actually watch with our eyes. Um, I guess the last thing I want to address is like. I hope the Hawks fans listening to this understand that more or less everybody that comes on this podcast to talk about the Hawks doesn't hate the team. Like that's, that's true. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like I, I, I know I made a, I made a quick joke, but uh, you know Siegel writes about the Hawks like he writes an obscene amount for the Hawks, the Blazers, the other teams. He's a, he's an NBA fan. Like, and this this is just something like you got to understand. I'm just a fan of the team. I am naturally biased towards what the Hawks do because I, you know, hope for the best. But, like, it's good to hear other consenting opinions, people. Like, that's, you know, you know, branch out a bit. Like, you know, you don't want an echo chamber all your life. You, It's good to hear new ideas so that, you know, it, make you, it makes you think. And that's what, you know, Siegel and Brad bring more or less to the table. Uh, again, I know... I know I, I feel like I get way too much credit for just being a dumb fan. Like, I I I was pro Dwight Howard, people. Like, I am not. Like, I'm not perfect. I thought Dennis Schroeder was going to be incredible after his after his uh Eurobasket run <laughs> for Germany. Um, 
that didn't turn out well either. So that that, that fooled Jeff too, by the way. Jeff was all in on, on Dennis after your basket. So <laughs> we 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 only got some times. He was good. He was incredible, man. That, he was good at Eurobasket. Even he, I, even I said that. <laughs> he, he came back. What I love, just one last thing. What I love about Dinsbury, he came back and immediately got suspended. Just remarkable. I mean, he what essentially a, a he essentially also demanded he also demanded a trade in a foreign language interview, like on a, like during a press conference. Which was funny that, that that happened too. People have forgotten about that with Dennis. Um, he was like, "I want to go to Indiana." Remember that? There were two teams that he wanted to go to that he like admitted to on a yeah. televised press conference while under contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. yeah he's, anyway, he's no, I, I I do appreciate what you were saying before. It's I, I make I make fun of it most of the time, and I think I think most people understand that I I don't hate the team near as Jeff. Jeff does not have the same. Uh, fan background that I do like I I grew up a Hawks fan I've been a Hawks fan for almost 30 years uh, Jeff didn't have that so Jeff really is like covering the team throughout through the lens of the whole league um whereas I try to do that too I try to be realistic and all that stuff but uh I do appreciate you you saying that and uh yeah the, the amount of time that particularly I spend and I think Jeff spends a ton of time as well just on the Hawks uh, I would not do that if I didn't like the Hawks and wanted them to do poorly so it seems exactly. pretty obvious, but some people don't understand that. So I appreciate you saying it. Uh, all right, man. Well, thank you for joining me as always, Tyler. I look forward, hopefully, to uh, hearing you with Kevin again fairly soon. It's almost time. It's the season, and I like listening to you when, when you're not when you're not talking to me too. It's always fun. So media day when media day comes up, I imagine it's time we'll again. Have some yeah. actual stuff again. Like most of the stuff we're talking about. Like, I can't do, like, I don't know how y'all do, y'all roughly done about three plus hours on center and power forward in these last two podcasts. I can't do that. I, I, I don't know how you guys do it. You guys are, like, incredible content creators. Uh, you've written a billion words. And nothing's happened really in Hawksland for like months. Well, trust me, I'm uh, I'm I'm all well, set with this now. I'm t- I'm ready for real. So- I'm ready for something to actually change. Um, and honestly, I've, I've, it's all about coming up with creative ways to fill the time. Because um, mostly, I just re- I just re- repeat myself. Very very rarely now in September am I coming up with an original thought about the Hawks because most things that I've thought about this team going forward have I've been saying now for three months, at least two months since they actually changed over the roster, but. Yeah, I'm just ready for new stuff to happen. Media Day, I, I, I kind of hate Media Day, but it's also a necessary evil, and it will inform some stuff going forward, and then we actually have practices and games. And I look forward to that, because opinions can, it can and will change. I'll be wrong about stuff that I've said. I'll be right about stuff that I've said. We'll have to change our opinions on somebody. Maybe maybe Bruno will come out and be awesome right away, or maybe Jabari will shoot 44% from three, or do something crazy. I mean, we'll, we'll have to talk about stuff that we were wrong about, and that's what happens. It's fun. Yeah, and uh, just one last thing. I imagine me and Kevin would have had a lot of podcasts uh, recapping games with, you know, Trey Young and John Collins won the team, which didn't oh, end up happening. I really so wish. It's like, whatever. It would have been awesome for uh, my life. I mean, I would have been a lot more busy the last month or so, but uh, the content would have been a lot easier to find if at least one of those guys was playing because I can't really cover Lloyd Pierce with uh, Team USA as like yeah. the third assistant coach. There's not really content involved with that. So what, what are we going to talk about? How how he had no say on who to pick? Yeah, and it shows. Shouts to shouts to Lloyd Pierce though for making the trip out to uh, what China. Aust- Australia and then China and he was all, they were all over the place. So he was busy this summer. China's a fun place. I, I want to go one day. But, I do look forward to asking Lloyd Pierce at Media Day about Team USA and just to see what he says. Because I will. Somebody will. If, 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 if It'll be me or somebody else that will ask him. And I'm sure he'll be diplomatic about whatever he says. But I, I look forward to hearing him speak about it for the first time. You know, something to ask. Who knows? Yeah. All right, Tyler. Well, thank you, man. Um, anybody that wants to follow you can follow you where? Share your uh, Yonzy two x four on Twitter. J o n e s y two x four. The occasional rant, um, anime. Yeah. What else? What else you got going? I mean, on? you're getting anime and video games, man. It's it's all I got. That's all I got. I, I don't have like you. Maybe one day you'll you'll hear me repeat my. Damn, is John Collins underrated? Because maybe that's uh, he is underrated. You know, I think I underrated him. I'm higher than him than anybody. And I was like, damn, 
like we it's one thing to read it but when you hear 63 percent true shooting for an entire season 19 points a game like that's in only 30 minutes like that's a that's incredible <laughs> he was uh very very good last season and uh, i hope he can do it again because if he can do it again then I think for a lot of people, it's like, and I'm I'm definitely in this camp league wide. I, I kind of got to see it more than once to buy in, and I, I've I've already bought in on John, but it would be really, really, really easy to buy in if he does it again for a full season. I mean, so he did it his rookie season too. But, he did, you know, and we we've, 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 we've talked about this. <laughs> uh, we can go, but Bud is such a hater. He hated so much that John Collins was actually good because he's not. John Collins is not the type of basketball player Bud wants on his team. Whatever. He's not really a Whatever. Bud guy. That's that's true. Um, but anyway, all right, Tyler. Thanks for joining me as always, man. We'll uh, we'll have you back very very soon. And uh, in the meantime, I'm sure we'll be talking to Kevin. And we're almost there. Two weeks to go. Thanks for joining me. And for everybody else, please subscribe to this podcast. Tell a friend. We'll have Jeff Siegel, the aforementioned Jeff Siegel, on the pod later this week. Talk about small forwards, and uh, we'll go from there. So stay tuned for that. <laughs>